Hello everybody, welcome back to the WAMcast. We've had a few weeks off with the October holidays. Hopefully everyone is uh, back into swing for school and everything else. Uh, we have our guest on today, um, Mr. Golan, who was a former British Army officer. So this is relevant with Remembrance Day, other Remembrance Day things we're going to be doing this week. Would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah, hi everyone. Um, I'm Mr. Golan. I'm a uh a new teacher here in the English department, so you might have seen me up in the corridor. I'm the one who sort of stands outside his room with my arms folded, trying not to look like a retired army officer uh, <laughs> with varying degrees of success. <laughs> Some habits still stick around then. But yes, do you want to tell us about how what you actually did in the army and where you... Yeah, um, I, well, originally I'm from Dingwall. I was uh, born and brought up in Dingwall, went to Dingwall Academy and... Wanted to be an English teacher and went to the University of Aberdeen to study English with a view to becoming an English teacher. But when I was in the university, I kind of got a wee adventurous streak about me. I was doing a lot of climbing and mountaineering. Um, and, you know, I saw one of these army posters that said, you know, come and join the army. And you won't have to do anything apart from go climbing and parachuting and all that stuff. I thought, that sounds like great stuff for me. So I did that and I thought, I'll do that for three years uh, and then I'll go and be an English teacher. And I ended up doing the full career. I did, uh, well, over the full career, I did 20 years um, in the parachute regiment and beyond that in sort of the intelligence world. Went all over the world. Finished up as a major. Um, a major? Yeah, and then got wow. kind of old and decrepit and got retired <laughs> out on a, we, we get to the end of our time. Um, and then I finally, after all that, became an English teacher. So did you did you finish your degree first and then join? I did, yeah, yeah. I did. Um, I went to university and did my degree in English and uh, graduated from that and then went into the army straight mm. after that. What university did you actually go to? Aberdeen University. Aberdeen. Aberdeen. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. did say that. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, that no, it's pretty cool. Actually, did you go in with a kind of? Did you go in as as an officer from with a university? Yeah, degree? if you if you join the army as a graduate, mm. you have the opportunity to go straight in as an officer and there's kind of pros and cons to that you get a lot of responsibility early you become you graduate you join as a you go to the military academy sandhurst the royal military academy down in berkshire you do a one-year course called the commissioning course um which is a kind of leadership soldiering basic training course um that's the one that like prince harry did prince william did mr Gollum did (laughs) And we finish that after a year, and then you go into your regiment as a second lieutenant, so you go straight in as, a, as an officer. Um, mm. And it's a lot of responsibility, because you're, you're, you're still quite a young guy, mm-hmm. um, and you've got 30 guys looking at you going, what do we do next? Um, mm. A lot of whom are, well, all of whom are much more experienced than you are. Um, I mean, the parachute regiment's one of those ones where you've got guys in it who are, you've actually some very capable guys in it. You've got soldiers in there who are degree qualified very strong academically very fit very motivated people and suddenly you've got 30 of these guys that you've got to look after um, so yeah it's quite a steep learning curve but uh, good skills for life yeah definitely what, what was your what was your preparation before joining um and you mean before i went to the academy before you went to sandhurst or even before the um probably would have been the westbury selection. yeah for the selection board it was quite tricky because i mean when i joined back it was 1998 i joined i went to sandhurst and i was say a sandhurst intakes maybe got about 300 people in it off that 300 there was about three of us who hadn't been to private school i was one of about three people who hadn't been to a private school it was just that was the kind of demographic at the time um so that was a bit of a culture shock um so i found quite tricky getting into that mindset of 
you know, I, I come from a different background to a lot of these kids. Um, Preparation-wise, you know, a lot of fitness. I mean, Sandhurst's, it will also develop you to be fit as well. If you go there and you're not particularly fit, it can develop you. It'll be quite a hard road to, to travel. It's better if you go there fit, but you, you do get the opportunity to do that there. But academically, it's got quite a big academic component in the course as well. You do a lot of presentations. You learn how to speak in front of a group, all good skills that we develop here in the school mm -hmm. as well. Um, you do a lot of leadership training, as you would imagine, problem-solving tasks, group team tasks. Um, so, yeah, it's it's a tricky one to prepare for physical fitness and the rest you kind of learn when you go there. Mm -hmm. can, can you remember can you remember how you did on the command tasks, the, the command tasks? I do, yes. Um, the command tasks, that the, what we're talking about here is you when you go through the selection board, you go around a series of stands and on these stands are various different things, oil drums and planks and ropes and you'll be given the job of get, your team has to get across this imaginary river. And sometimes you're given the appointment of you're in charge of this task. And sometimes you ain't. They're just like, right, as a group, work it out yourself how you're going to do this. And what they're looking at is, I mean, can you take charge of a task like that? But as important, they're asking, you know, are you capable of taking your place in a team? Are you one of these guys who always has to be in charge? Or can you let other people do it? And there's a balance to be struck between... I will take on this responsibility and I will take charge of this task and also knowing when to step back mm. and to let other people do their thing. Yeah. And I would say of the people that didn't, that weren't successful, a lot of them failed on that. They couldn't step back. They thought they had to be doing everything all the time. Yeah. And that doesn't work in a team environment. You've got to accept that other people in your team have strengths. Some of them will have will be better in some areas than you are. And you've got to recognize that and say, right, you take charge of this. You're better than that at me. You can do this. Right. You know, that's quite an important skill to learn yeah. with regards to teamwork. Teamwork's yeah, not yeah. always about being the guy in charge. It's about letting other people do their thing as well. Yeah. Yeah, this will be really, really beneficial for Alex as well, because Alex is looking to go yeah. back I already, into the military. I, I, already did the, I already did the selection boards. And I remember yeah, you have flying colors already, haven't you? Yeah, I, was, I already <laughs> was, I passed the um, selection board during summer. So you, me, yeah. Prince William, and Prince Harry. Yeah, what a, went, what a quartet! I went to West <laughs> what company William and Harry are in? Actually, right. honestly, exactly. they must be very honoured. Lucky them. I know. No, but I remember. I did not. I remember talking to my. It was the same sort of experience. Everyone there was was quite posh. It was about to say yeah, yeah. a bit posher than I was. Yeah. It's um, that kind of demographic, isn't it? You know, yeah, it's, it's not. It's not. It's not. Um, it's not. What is it? Would you say? It's not a weakness. Um, no, so absolutely not. Absolutely not. It isn't. You bring a lot to the table coming from a different demographic you always do you know um you know we have our own strengths those of us you know the public school system and versus the state school system is a big debate you can have that um the pros and cons of both but i think the whole thing about the military academy is everyone brings their own strengths and weaknesses to the table um, mm. we've all got them um and it's about you know what you can bring to a team but also recognizing what others bring to a team as well but I, I remember the the key thing was that not a single person in in the entire board completed a single command task. <laughs> yeah, I mean completing the tasks not the thing, is it? Yeah, it's how you go about doing it. Although I was I, I was wondering, I was like, if the other groups had managed to finish one, not a single one. They were, they were quite <laughs> tough. I remember that being quite um, 
one of the coolest things about it was the command task. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you've taken me back there. Yes, I remember this. So, um, parachute regiment, did you yes. go straight into that? I did, yeah, I did. Um, you know, you, when, I don't know if it's still the same now, but when I went through the military academy, you got sponsored by a particular regiment to do that year. You had to go under their wing. Um, so I was kind of sponsored by them through the military academy. But you don't have to join them and they don't have to take you. Um, so some people change their regiment, their arm or whatever during the military academy, but most people naturally go out of that and into the regiment that sponsored them through. I don't think it's not... Uh, going by your reaction, I don't think it's the same these days. I, I think you can get sponsored through, mm. but I think the modern mindset is that you... And I'm using air quotations here. You choose your regiment about two-thirds in. Ah, yes. Okay, to, okay that makes sense. But I... I I was reading, what is it? have you heard the book um, Killing Time and Fighting Wars? That's one I haven't read, actually, oh. no. It's just, a, what is it? It's a, like the Young Junior Officer's Guide okay. or something like that. Oh, junior the junior, junior Officer's Reading Club. Yeah, 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 Club, yeah, yeah. I remember that book. Yeah, but what yeah. Is, I'm reading that right now. Okay. And, um, <laughs> and it's, they, they said that it, the system was, uh, you chose your regiment two-thirds uh -huh. in, but practically everyone knew all about their regiments. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The interview process you uh -huh. had to go through. Yeah, and with the parachute regiment, P Company. How, how did that? Yes, work? P Company, Pegasus Company. Um, it's a, it's a trait. It's an extra piece of training you have to do because of the nature of the regiment. You have to, um, you have to qualify as a paratrooper. And to do that, you have to go on a course called P Company, Pegasus Company, which is pretty very physically demanding. Three weeks of training where you get through a lot of physical tasks like a timed two mile run a timed 30 mile run a trainasium assault course which is testing your ability to uh, oh, oh, sorry, work sorry, at height they interject how did you find the trainasium i like i didn't i didn't have a problem with it you know it's um i'm it's, not afraid of heights but it looks i, I wasn't great with heights but it, it, the whole thing about it is that you it's basically for, for those listening it's a huge climbing frame that's about i think it's about 30 meters up above the ground no safety nets or anything like that. And you go around it and there's like a confidence jump. You have to jump across a gap. You have to go across various obstacles at height. And the whole thing about it is you have to do, you go around, you get stopped at an obstacle and someone will tell you, go now. And when they say that, you have to do that obstacle. If you hesitate, the idea is, you know, you're going to hesitate at the door of the aircraft and so on and so forth. So a lot of people fail on that because they just don't have the confidence at height. Um, that's a tricky one. Then you have to do milling, which is oh. it's like boxing without any sort of boxing skill behind it. You get put against somebody roughly your own size and weight. <laughs> they will give you three minutes and you just both have to beat the living daylights out of each other. Um, <laughs> which <laughs> it's, uh, everyone wants to be paired against. You do. I mean, you do P Company. It's across ranks. You're in there with private soldiers and lance corporals and young mm. officers. Everyone's there. Everyone wants to be paired up with the officer for milling because it's, <laughs> yeah, let's beat up the officer. Um, and the idea is not that you defeat the guy in front of you, but that you stand your ground. And <laughs> you know, you just you don't back off from it. So you do that. That's part of it. And the whole thing lasts about three weeks. And then at the end of that, you pass fail. And it's quite brutal. You're all sat in a big hall together. There's maybe about 100 of you. And they call your name out. You stand up and they'll just say pass or they'll say fail. 
What was a pass or fail that. kind of ratio, actually? How many people failed 70% that? 70% fail. Yeah, because you were saying yeah. it was really difficult. It's quite yeah, a lot of times. it's about 70% fail. It's very, what very harsh. There's, isn't there two types of para courses, isn't there? There's the all-arms yeah, parachute all arms course. And then, there's, and then the, there's P Company, which yeah. is the one you need to get into the regiment. You know? so, so P, P Company, I would have thought that would have had a high pass rate. Well, when I went on it, see, a lot of people don't filter through to be allowed to do it. You know what I mean? There was a pre-screening yeah, course yeah. to get on it. So if you were completely unfit, you're never going to pass. You wouldn't get even get on the course. Um, so when I think when I did it, you were pre-screened as likely to pass. And even then, 70% didn't. You know? mm. um, and then you can do the all-arms parachute course. It's just testing if you can do a parachute jump out of an aircraft. You know, it's part of uh, wider airborne courses so when was the first time you actually went parachuting like uh, it would have been straight after that you do p company and then you go straight to the parachute course down at where was it it wasn't it wasn't when i did it and it was Bryce norton which is the big raf base yeah. that's where the parachute course was done and you got to do 12 jumps including one out of a balloon one at night one over water you had to do 12 to qualify as a parachute. Mm -hmm. But after P Company, that's easy. Yeah. You know, you're just stepping yeah, yeah. out the door. Yeah, of an um, if we're talking about inclusivity, um, two weeks ago, maybe, uh, the first woman ever passed. Yes. yes. Oh, sorry, sorry, first woman soldier. Yes, yes. That, that yeah. was it, yeah. First. Uh, I mean, female soldiers have been serving with the airborne forces for a long time. Um, but now they are going through P Company, which was traditionally not open to them. But as the army opens up and becomes a lot more inclusive, these... Uh, opportunities are quite rightly becoming available mm -hmm. yeah definitely i know and whereabouts after you passed like p company how you were in the regiment then so where were you stationed about actually i started off in aldershot which used to be the sort of head the center for airborne forces it's now moved to colchester so i started off in aldershot and then where did i go i was in edinburgh for a bit that was really good and then after that that was pretty much me finished with the uk so I was all overseas. I was in all the places that you would imagine, the, the British Army, the Balkans, and um, Northern Ireland, and the Middle East. Um, I did some work in South America. I was in Africa. I did a lot of work in South Sudan, Sierra Leone, Sudan, North. Uh, I kind of went everywhere. Um, I just quite liked the idea of just always being on the move. So I was always away. Um, so yeah, in that whole 20 years, I only really spent about three years of that in the uk and the rest of the time i was away yeah. um, if i can ask did you come from a military family or? i didn't actually know um beyond the fact that you know my generation our grandparents all served in national service during the during world war ii so my grandfather had done national service but no i wasn't from a military family no it's just something that sort of got into my head and i thought i'll just get that out of my system for three years and took about 20 years to get out of my system do you have any advice for We'd, we'd like to make these podcasts kind of a, a way for students to understand different career paths. Oh, yeah. Do you have any advice for anyone wanting to join the army as an officer or a soldier? Um, I think if you're interested in it, then definitely go for it. You learn a lot of wider life skills in the military. You learn you know, discipline. You learn how to organize yourself. You learn how to work as part of a bigger team, a quite a diverse team in many, many um, aspects too. Um, I would say, yeah, f go for it. Um, there's a lot of opportunities in the military. I mean, you can. I, I got a master's degree in my time in the military. There's lots of educational paths you can choose in there. There's lots of different disciplines within the military that you can. There's very technical disciplines. There are 
language courses. There's all sorts of things you can do. Um, and yeah, certainly when I left, it was time for me to leave, but uh, I certainly stood me in good stead and I learned a lot of really positive life skills from it. So anyone who's considering it, yeah, I would say go for it, definitely. Mm. Mm. And what was your transition to being an English teacher? How long have you been a teacher for? Uh, relatively recent. Um, I was still a soldier up until 28 months ago or something like that. And towards the last couple of years in, in the military, I was doing a lot of work with you know outward bound courses and adventurous training in the Duke of Edinburgh's award scheme. And I started doing a lot of work with young people and secondary school age uh, people. And I thought that seems like a natural path to follow now. And I did, and I did my training course through the UHI um, and did my placements in Dingle Academy and Charleston Academy uh, and then came here. So I'm pretty relatively new as a teacher uh, and still learning as I go along. And probably the people in the class would tell you, yeah, I can tell he's new. <laughs> uh, but um, no, I've enjoyed it. It's a really good school, really good bunch of people. So yeah, yeah it's all going well. I'm really enjoying myself. Especially, as you said, it didn't decide to stick around at either Dingwall Academy or Charleston. No, so. no, no, no. I didn't stick around there. Uh, I came here, so it's all worked out really well. Aye. Yeah. Okay, uh, do you want to ask the question? Oh, yes. Well, we always have this kind of final finishing off kind of question. Okay. We always ask. Cause you, so if you're stranded on a desert island and oh. you can eat one food, you have to eat one food for the rest of your life. One food. What not would it be? And yeah, and you're not allowed to say pizza. We've already nah, established that pizza is yeah. just, it's too much of a cop out. It's too much of a generic answer. Yeah, so you it? can't say pizza, but anything else is anything else is open to you. That's interesting, isn't it? You can eat one food for the rest of your life. It's not allowed to be pizza. As a soldier, you're going to look at this from a kind of like nutritional standpoint. Like it's what, be what could I actually? It's got to be steak, isn't it? Because it's kind of, it's good for you. It's, you can cook it in a variety of different ways. It builds you up. It's got good protein in it. I would say steak. What type of steak? Medium rare? A medium rare. steak. A medium, medium. sirloin steak. Okay, How am I going to cook that on a desert island? I'm not quite sure. Mm. Where I'm going to get my unlimited supply of steaks? Well, it just, it just appears. Sure. It just appears. It just appears. Yeah, that's cool. So Let's go have... for steaks. Yeah. I'll take a medium sirloin steak and eat that for the rest of my life and nothing yeah, else. I'm pretty happy doing that as well. To be honest. That would know. work for me. Yeah, that is a pretty... <laughs> pretty good option but yes well thank you very very much yeah, for coming on that's guys. been really really interesting to hear you talk and stuff nah, like spot that spot on right, really good podcast good good questions nice yes. to chat well, i'm sure alex and alex knows more about this than me going into the military himself so that's yeah that, and i wish you all the very best with that thank you and if you need any advice from me you just give me a shout and that goes for anybody else too mm, yeah definitely well thank you very much for coming on and thank you very much everyone yeah, for you. for listening nice one guys